The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Eight minutes after seven. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Forum at Eight. So we had an article yesterday uh, quoted a study that was published in the African Journal for Physical Health Education, Recreation and Dance, which showed that parents want special schools for pregnant girls. The study showed that some parents want expectant pupils to be dismissed from schools or to have special schools dedicated to them. Some of the parents even suggested that those schools should have dedicated nurses who would attend to the pregnant pupils. The parents also uh, felt that allowing pregnant pupils to attend um, an ordinary school was a burden on teachers and that it was not the teacher's duty to care for pregnant pupils. So on the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, should there be special schools for pregnant pupils? And we really want your input. It has been coming in very strongly already this morning. Have tons of messages, but uh, do keep them coming and join in by calling us on 0891 You can also SMS us on 34701, Twitter, Facebook, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And to help us navigate this discussion is Beverly Dyson from MIT Africa. And MIT Africa addresses challenges faced by children and youth. Uh, Beverly Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Akina. I'm delighted to be here. And we also have Errol Naidu, who is the founder and director of the Family Policy Institute. Errol, always good talking to you. Yeah, Sakina, always good being on your show. Thank now, you. Uh, Beverly, let me start with you. Um, if we look at uh, official statistics from 2013-2014, it states that a staggering 20,833 school-going girls fell pregnant, and of those, 717 were at primary school. Um, you know, those are mind-boggling statistics. So looking at what is happening right now and what these parents are saying, they say that uh, this is a burden not only on... Uh, the school and the teachers who have to deal with it, but also on other children. But what is your view on this? Is this a dangerous sort of a discussion that is starting to develop around whether pregnant pupils should be in separate schools? Gosh, Sakina, I think there's lots of issues around around this. Um, one of the things that one of our focus areas as an organization is to address the barriers to learning and development so that children all children can access school, stay in there for as long as possible and achieve to the best that they can be. Obviously, one of those things is that acting against that would be early sexual debut, pregnancy and dropout. So we would definitely support the idea of learners staying in school for as long as possible if they're pregnant and getting back to school as soon as possible thereafter, but preferably not to fall pregnant in the first place. And, you know, when you mention about the vast number of of primary school children who are pregnant, we have to remember that these girls aren't impregnating themselves. So for us, it's also a broader societal issue. Um, A lot of these girls will be under the age of legal consent. Uh, so, So those are also things that we have to take into consideration when we look at it. And, and we certainly would not support the idea of having special schools for pregnant learners.
Errol, how do you feel about this? Is that an idea that you would support? And we'll come back to all the uh, uh, factors that impact on this, as uh, Beverly has already pointed to some. But do you feel that there is merit even in what these parents are suggesting, that there should be separate schools for learners who are pregnant? You know, Sakina, I'm looking at this uh, from a perspective that we, we are really in a crisis in this country when it comes to sexuality and what is happening with young girls. We, we, you know, I've seen in the media articles about uh, sugar daddies, older men having younger girls, uh, uh, giving them money for cell phones and clothes to have sex with them, and all the other issues that we're grappling with in this country. And I think separate schools is a very... Uh, it's a secondary issue. I think the issue is uh, the, the the crisis we're having with teenage pregnancies and that younger and younger children are falling pregnant, sleeping around, having sex. Uh, there doesn't appear to be any teaching guidance from parents uh, in our society generally because if there was, uh, we wouldn't have the crisis we're having. And so we're destroying our, our generation, our future generation, because all of these young women having children, uh, while they're still children and not being able to complete their studies and perhaps gone to university and, and do the things they could do as a normal young, uh, young person should do, because now they're settled with having a baby and, and taking care of, of, of raising a child when they're still children. They're not ready for that. And then it's the financial issues, the welfare that they have to go uh, depend on. All of those issues, it, it is crazy when one thinks that it is mind-boggling uh, that primary school children are getting, uh, getting pregnant. And what, what this whole discussion about separate schools is, it's just trying, people trying to make sense of all of this, trying to find solutions for, for something that is, you know, I don't know how anybody's going to find a solution to this. The one thing is, the girls that get pregnant, uh, we, we want them to complete their education. That's the most important thing. We, they, they have to finish their uh, education because you can't, you know, the fact that they get pregnant at such a young age is already a, a, a disaster. Uh, so we can't add another disaster to that and say, okay, step out of school now and don't finish your education. We want them to. But if people are saying, okay, so it's be, it becomes a burden in the school on other pupils and on the teacher, so we've got to find a solution. I really don't know what that solution is. I don't know if separate schools is the answer to that and how you're going to do that and if government has the, the finances to even set up separate schools for pregnant. The fact that we even talking about setting up separate schools for pregnant young girls and primary schools for pregnant young girls means we've lost the plot as a nation. We are completely the wrong trajectory here. We're going in the wrong direction. This is a disaster of epic proportions that we're even discussing this thing. Primary schools, different schools for pregnant young girls. Um, and, and so I think what we need to be grappling with urgently in this country is the issue of what is happening to our young people. Why are younger and younger girls sleeping around and getting pregnant, younger boys? Why is everybody engaging in sex like it's a, it's a game and, and not understanding the implications of their actions, what their implications have on them and their future, on their families, on the nation, the economy of this nation, all of those things. It is huge, and we have to come to, to terms with this thing and start addressing it.
because it, it, it impacts and affects all of us. You know, even young people have good families and not, their children are growing up and uh, getting their education, going to university, even they're going to be impacted by this because of the, of the financial complications, the, the family dysfunctionalities. A lot of these children are going to grow up without a father, and fatherless homes is a massive, massive issue in this country that's contributing to so many social ills. And we're just adding fuel to the fire, fuel to the fire, and we're not turning the corner, Sakina. We're not improving. We're not... I, I don't see it happening. Are you There's saying so much... that this is a moral problem? Of course it is. If young people are sleeping around at that age and having babies, of course it's a moral problem. There's a moral breakdown in this country. Now, I don't think anybody with half a brain can uh, uh, ignore that fact. There is a moral breakdown, a moral, you know, just degeneration in this country of, of biblical proportions. Mm. You look at our government, you look at crime and violence and rape and abuse of women, selling of children into sexual slavery, um, hundreds and thousands, if not millions of men and young boys addicted to pornography, uh, undermining, raping and abusing women, um, government misusing money, leaders, business people. Um, the, the, the issues are staggering if you look at it in South Africa. And so many people are growing despondent, so many people I know want to leave this country, want to flee because they say South Africa is going down a sewer. And it's because of the moral breakdown. People are not taking responsibility for their lives. Everybody's demanding, they want, they want. Fees must fall, this must fall, everything must fall. Give us, give us, give us, otherwise we destroy, we burn, we, you know, kill, pillage, kill the whites, kill the blacks, kill the... That's the language. Everybody's angry, everybody's demanding, everybody want to kill, everybody want to destroy. Very few want to build this nation. Very few people saying, I want to take responsibility for my actions. I want to contribute to the success of this nation. I want to build. Well, Errol, some would argue that by making these sort of calls, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Whether we agree or not on this, uh, they could argue that. And besides, it's not as if uh, young uh, uh, children don't fall pregnant in other countries. But I guess more importantly then, uh, Beverly, how do we start to intervene? I mean, where is it? Where have we dropped the ball? Where have we let our children down? Because this has happened now, and for all intents and purposes, it seems as though it will be these young mothers once again who will be punished. Yes, I think that's such a good point, uh, Sakina. I mean, coming onto the point of responsibility, we have to remember that the children who are in primary school who are falling pregnant are children, and we are the adults. Um, so I think we have to take some of the responsibility, as, as I was saying earlier, as a society to tackle it. Um, it is also with our attitudes. I mean, we, have to, we hear many stories of families who don't report what is, it, what is rape due to the financial rewards of, of keeping quiet. Um, so, you know, to me, the idea of separating girls into separate schools is putting the blame on the girls, victimizing and punitive action against the girls themselves, which in a way is going to just further marginalize them and their children. Um, I, I read one of the articles, although I haven't read the report itself, I've read some of the articles around it, 
And, you know, there have been things about, oh, we'll have this side will be the virgins and that side will be, you know, the, the people who have, like, had sex. Uh, and, and that is just going to further, further divide when, in fact, we should be, I agree with Errol, trying to keep the girls in school. So one of the programs that we're involved in with the Department of Basic Education, it's their program, and it's funded by Global Fund. It's a program called Keeping Girls in School. And that is trying to work with girls in grades 7 to 9 and strengthening the capacity of schools themselves to support the girls. So it is, as Errol was saying, also looking at a sense of self-belief, a sense of positive future, giving girls career options. Um, providing academic homework, tutoring support, trying to encourage girls to stay in school. Because the research shows that the longer you stay in school, the better you increase your chances of not falling pregnant, not getting HIV, and so on. So that would be one of our, what, you know, one of the programs that we are working on. And um, what does this say about uh, sex education? I mean, uh, when there was talk about introducing this in our schools, it did cause quite an uproar. But even then, I mean, um, th- th- there were some complaints that uh, from some parents that they wanted to be the ones uh, to actually do the educating of their children uh, when it comes to sex education. But all the same, if these numbers are growing year by year, what does it say about the intervention, not only from from schools, but from homes, from churches, from broader society. And also, where are the boys in all of this? So if we want to ship off the pregnant schoolgirls, what about the boys, In uh, assuming, of course, that some of them may be uh, school pupils themselves? What about them? What exactly. should happen to them? Exactly. And I think in the life orientation curriculum in schools, there is a component that is devoted to this. And certainly um, looking at the curriculum, you know, the, the, in, in the material that we've developed, the, the position is being formed. It's abstain from sex. If you are going to have sex, use contraception. And what, if you do fall pregnant, these are your options. Whatever you do, don't give up on your education. And I think you rightly point out about the boys, um, equally what about them. I mean, I have read things where boys themselves have to, if, you know, they have to go and wear these pregnancy outfits so that they can also feel part of the part of the experience. But yeah, I think there is a focus on life skills education that looks at sex, sexuality education, but also looks at options for careers and the future, building a self sense of self-esteem, building a sense of a positive future. So I think those things go hand in hand, together with parent and community support, churches the community. Errol, and, uh, what's your take on that? Because if we're saying that, um, if there's a suggestion that uh, the girls should be banished to some little corner somewhere to attend a school where other girls are also pregnant, uh, should we not be taking the daddies, provided they are at school, along with those girls? Look, we have to give everybody responsibility for their actions. And I'm just a little bit concerned that, you know, if we say... Um, you know, girls get pregnant when they're young and then we want to punish them and marginalize them. We're almost making it seem as if they're not responsible for their, what, their actions. They are pregnant because they did something voluntarily. Unless they were raped, it's a different story. But if young girls are sleeping around voluntarily with young boys or older men, 
they're making a decision, a choice, and we must hold them responsible for their choice. But they're not because getting they, themselves pregnant, Errol. They are being yeah, impregnated but, but they, by those men. They have to engage in an act. They have to voluntarily engage in an act to get pregnant. And, 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 and the man doesn't? He's not voluntarily no, no, involved talk, in it? No, I'm talking about both, both parties. Both parties must be held responsible. First, the first thing is responsibility, that you're responsible for your life and for the choices you make. You can't pass it on to society. The young girl gets pregnant. Well, you know, I got pregnant, and, uh, you know, it's not really my fault. And so uh, the, the state and the taxpayer and everybody must come to my assistance now. If we start, and we are promoting that culture in South Africa, that's why everybody is demanding everything and not taking responsibility for their actions. So we must teach young girls that it is your responsibility, it's your body, you don't have to do this thing. And if you do and engage in sexual activity at such a young age, this is the consequences for you. This is what happens to your life. So don't do it. But I believe that nobody's teaching that. Obviously nobody's teaching them that. You know, sex education for children starts at home. It's the parent's responsibility. That's where it must be done. The, the, the family is the first university where children are taught responsibility, uh, 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 consequences for their actions, what are good choices to make. The first university is the family, and mom and dad are responsible for that. Now, it's very obvious by the stats that we have in this country is that most parents are dysfunctional. We have more dysfunctional parents than we have dysfun- dysfunctional children. We have more uh, fatherless homes than we have two-parent homes. And that is having a huge impact on this nation because children are not being taught values and responsibility. That's why they are ending up the way they are. And that's the reason God gave parents responsibility over their children to teach them. Second to that is only the schools, government. Government is not supposed to be teaching children. The parents are supposed to be. It's not government's children. It's the parents' children. So they're supposed to be teaching. So there's a failure there. What do we need to do to reverse this? Well, it will have to, be, it will have to start with government, the church, civil society, parents, everybody getting involved in this because this is a national crisis that will undermine and destroy this nation and the future of this nation. Everybody's involved here, but it starts with the parents. So if parents are failing in their duties, are they they dysfunctional, then we can say, okay, the churches have to step in here, the faith groups, get parents into parenting classes, help the parents strengthen their ability to be able to strengthen their children. Because you see, Sakina, if we strengthen the family unit, we strengthen all of society, all of these problems will be overcome by family, strengthening family, uh, helping parents to understand their responsibility, raise their children, and to be good examples. We need parents and, uh, and, and adults to be good examples to children, and we see very little of that. And we will see the kind of chaos amongst our children today, UCT, running around, burning, destroying the entire university. We ask, what kind of home do these children come from? It is very obvious that the home they come from, they're not taught responsibility, respect, all those kind of things. They're not taught taught that. That's why they behave the way they do on the streets of our cities and our nation. Okay. Errol Naidu says it's a direct reflection on parents and what they've done uh, when we see what the children end up doing. Let's take your calls. 0891-104-208. Pindele and Durban, good morning. 
Good morning, Sakina and your guest. How are you? I'm well, thanks and you. I'm all right. My point is quite difficult to even explain because pregnant children is not a new issue, but now that it has grown so much, it is an indication that it is an impact. It, it, it's a sign of how the society is, society is behaving and how the society at large is seeing sex in particular as a form of a recreation, especially when children see it as one of the things that they can do to the spare time or to do whatever they do. However, there is no one answer to the problem. Parents who are feeling that the children should be left to a particular school should really go deep inside and, and, and check where exactly, what benefit will that be for a child as well as for the parent because there are two elements. One, a child, uh, I support Errol in another point where he, where he says that children have to take responsibility for their sexuality. But two, parents have to take responsibility. So when a child falls pregnant, they are becoming parents. So when they take that responsibility, they must understand that they are taking now the responsibility of becoming a parent. And how are they going to be parents if they, they, are, they need to be parented as well? It, it is a, a very difficult topic, but it goes back to the society as a whole, and it cannot be an issue of a school that will have to be put somewhere out there. The school is battling to date, to accommodate children who are not pregnant. How much more to get children who are particularly defined as pregnant? The, 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 the education system can't even have adequate resources to accommodate children who, who have special needs, not, peg, not just pregnant, just special needs. And where are we going to get the teachers who will attend to pregnant girls? And what mm-hmm. does it mean to be a pregnant girl? You know, a pregnant girl is a woman, a, a girl who has taken a step in the life to become a mother. And in that sense, that person is saying, I'm, I'm now supposed to be seen as a mother and I have to take a part, an extra responsibility to take care of a child. I, I support two schools of thought. One, that a child should take a one day off from school to be pregnant, to give birth to a child, give uh, breastfeed the child for six months, and after six months they go back to school. I, I support that notion. They should understand that having sex, whether you're at school or not, you still need to take care of your children. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Pindile and Durban. And I think uh, we need to be careful not to try and oversimplify some of these issues. Um, for one, and, and several of you are pointing out the fact that we have realities in this country, such as child-headed households, and that is something that we can't wish away. We also can't get away from the fact that we have many children who are raising children, and as such, they haven't had an opportunity um, you know, to receive a guidance from parents for an extended period of time and now they have to be parents themselves.
On the forum at 8 this morning, uh, we ask, should there be special schools for pregnant pupils? And this, of course, follows from an article that appeared in Sowetan yesterday, quoting a study that was published in the African Journal for Physical Health, Education, Recreation and Dance, which uh, stated that some parents want special schools for pregnant girls. And uh, we are putting that to you this morning. And very interesting, some of the uh, responses that are coming through. Uh, this one from uh, Advocate Menzi Smelane says, society must never be a numb to young schoolgirls falling pregnant. Equally, the narrative must not prejudice the child, uh, the girl child. Mduduzi Kumalo says, in the African culture, it's not normal to engage with a child on sexual matters. Hence, they will always learn from their peers. And uh, then a myriad of other messages coming through. I'll come back to them, but let's go to the lines very quickly. 891 is our call-in number. Sam, you're calling from Johannesburg. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Um, I've got, you know, this is a very um, sad topic. If one has a, a girl child at home, um, this is a very heavy topic because um, you know that this could could happen to your child, and that is why I would urge listeners not to um, to pass judgment to these girls because, like you already indicated, that these girls, most of them are minor, um, um, uh, uh, you know, are minors that are not in a good position to take um, good decisions. But however, what I would suggest is that a proper study needs to be conducted in terms of let's find out the root cause of this. Who are these girls? Uh, what, 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 uh, from which families do they come from? When are these things happening? I know it's a very sensitive um, thing to ask, but I think um, one needs to do a thorough analysis to know when are these activities taking place from those girls that are already pregnant, to, to find out when did this happen, um, where were you, where were the parents, and all that, so that we have a, a holistic approach. And who, who, who implemented you, um, so that you have a holistic approach in terms of addressing the problem. And that is my uh, contribution. Thank you so much, Sam. And it's a point that Beverly also made earlier about, you know, um, just sticking to the law. Because if you have children at primary school, there is no consensual sex in that regard. So why are parents in that instance not laying charges against those who have impregnated those children? These are some questions we need to ask. So it doesn't matter how many more laws we bring into play. If we're not abiding, if we are not doing our part, then this will continue. Paul and Peter Maritzburg, good morning. My answer is simple. I say no, you cannot now want a school for pregnant children. It will be like saying, because we have so many accidents on the road, because drivers are drunk and they are over-speeding, make a road for drunken drivers and speeding ones only. The problem is the root cause is parenting. Bring back good parenting, which is by word and by example. This is not a gender issue where you say, what about the boys? I brought up my girls. I didn't worry about boys, but I told them what they need to know, why they shouldn't do it, and I put an example, which is I and my wife, and the children responded positively. Bring back the correct family life. That's the only way. But it's not 100% foolproof, is it, uh, Paul? We're not talking about 100%. If you're going to start saying there are children that do not have parents, that I can understand. But the question is, where is it broken? 
fix it where it is broken. It is not about making schools for those who actually are already pregnant. It is about correcting it where it is wrong. Fair you, enough. You have parents. Parents must take their responsibility. No government, no NGO has brought children in this world. It is parents. If we have the correct parenting, the problem is not going to go away overnight, but we will make a positive impact. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that is the case, Paul. Thank you so much. Uh, but, of course, even parents, children coming from homes where parents are good role models, still fall prey to this. There, there, there's no guarantee that if you model uh, what is 100% according to you, uh, great moral behavior, that your children will not fall victim to some of these activities. And history is littered with examples to prove that. However, Now that it has happened, now that the girls are pregnant, as some of the parents are saying, should there be a special school for them? They are saying that this is unfair on the teachers. Teachers were not trained to actually take care of pregnant schoolgirls, and therefore it would be to the benefit of not only those pregnant schoolgirls, but to everybody concerned if they were in a setup where they could go to school, where there are nurses around them and people who could take care of them in their condition. That is what we're grappling with. Do you think that is even possible? And 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 some uh, I see some people are saying uh, when that happens, then uh, the boys uh, they must go along with those girls to those special schools. But of course, not even condoning that idea, uh, but just something to put out there. Yuri Chikov says uh, the boys who impregnated the girls. They must also go to that special school. And um, Mbali's papi Tumelo says, um, what about those boys who impregnate these girls? If we exile the girls for being pregnant, the boys should join them. Colin in Pretoria, what's your take? Oh, my, take my take, I think, is very similar to the others the, who have just spoken. To be frank, there are pull and push factors that lead to teenage pregnancies. And when we are trying to come up with solutions, we have to be mindful that we do not just add into these factors that are going to draw people into becoming pregnant when they are still uh, uh, youngsters. So I look at building a school for pregnant women as uh, making that behavior attractive. So it will be like uh, how other people have interpreted the HIV uh, grant. Uh, they say, okay, let me take, get, get HIV so that I can be given that. So we don't want that kind of thing. The key to solving this is to do a multivariate analysis to understand the pull factors and the push factors that bring these people into uh, this kind of uh, predicament, and then address the problem at those kind of uh, address those causes instead of trying to make it even more attractive. And responsibility is also a key. These, although they are minors, remember, once they make those decisions voluntarily, perhaps in law we can even argue that they have forfeited their minority and they are now uh, majors, they need to take some responsibility. And we cannot say, okay, the government, South, Africa should, uh, South African government should be paying them, should be building schools for them. I mean, there are too many problems that we have. Some of these, they have to be private problems and we have to solve them privately. So I think that's my contribution. Thank you so much, uh, Colin in Pretoria. Anonymous, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Well, and you? Fine. You, you know, Sakina, if society is saying there is only one agent that we look at, we have two agents in the whole world. That is the home where informal education begins and the school where formal education carries on. It therefore means that 
it is wrong for government to close down the training colleges. You can upgrade the training colleges to universities. What is a training college? It is a place where people receive training to modify behavior of children. And for you to be a teacher, let me tell you, I'm a teacher for the past 10 years in South Africa. Those are not teachers. They come from the universities. They cannot even control themselves. And you see that they cannot modify any behavior. And therefore, they cannot even advise the young ones. As a teacher, your behavior should radiate and influence children. So, in, in the ancient days, if Greeks go to war, Athenians and the Spartans, if one of them is defeated, they come back and look at their educational system to see what is going on. It is true. Everybody here has attended school. You sitting here in the studio. It's your home and the school that makes you who you are today. In fact, when I listen to you, you are a well-groomed, nurtured, and cultured lady, which every man would like to have. Even politicians should be crowding for you by now. So to be frank with you, the education system is just a conduit where people are just siphoning money. I thought in the rural area in the KZN, you can't believe what is going on over there. The pregnancy, grade three, members, grade four, after the high school, even the teachers themselves, they are impregnating the children. So where are we going as a, as a society? So the society simply doesn't look for who and what should be done. They should simply look for the educational system and streamline everything. It's as simple as that. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much. Anonymous and uh, Prophet OJ in Mahikeng, what's your take? Hi, uh, Sakina. Good morning, and I'm, I'm saved by the blood of God, Jesus Christ. I love you and your family. Sakina, we, we are fighting HIV and AIDS. There are uh, efforts, uh, 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 strategies in place. We are fighting racial discrimination. There are efforts in place. Unless we identify sexual immorality as one of the enemies against which the nation needs to put up effort and fight it daily. When are we going to see a time where leaders will on podiums speak against sexual immorality, where people will go all out and uh, fight this enemy? Unless we identify this as an enemy, uh, sexual immorality will haunt the nation and devastate the nation and uh, bring, bring us to... to to, to, to bring, our, bring us down uh, so spiritually, socially, economically, and politically. The Bible puts it very straight in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, that if the nation shall obey the word of God, pray, seek God's face, turn away from wicked ways, the Lord will hear us from heaven, and he will forgive our sins, and he our land. Let us identify sexual immorality as one of the dangerous enemies, and put efforts together to go all out and fight it. Okay, that's uh, Dr. O.J. Edmahi King. Lindy, you're calling from Orkney. Good morning. Hi, Sakina. Welcome, Lindy. Yes, Sakina is a no-no to those schools for the girls to go and, and, and have their special attention because, to me, it's like they've got their special attention because these children, Number one, I'm very close to the young people, more especially girls, because I feel that it is my responsibility. Wherever I go, I teach, I train, I do everything. 
So they tell me in my face that, look, we discuss it amongst ourselves that if you are not having a child at your age, it's like a taboo. I mean, it's something that they do it uh, voluntarily. And the Bible says in the last days the children won't obey their parents. And again, it says to us as parents in Deuteronomy chapter 6, teach your child in the way he should go or she should go. And we need, as they wake up in the morning, to teach them. As they go out, to teach them. As they come in, to teach them. And it is our responsibility. If I'm staying with my two children in my house, they are not having their rights in my house. This is not their place. They must go do what, as they wish they. Thank okay. you for again. Thank you so much. That's Lindy in Orkney. Uh, Tommy says, you cannot impart moral direction on teenagers. It's too late. Perhaps kids must learn from your moral example as a parent. And then this one from Sembi Kizo says, uh, we, li- we like the easy way out. Why do we need special schools for uh, mistakes mostly created by us as parents by being absent from our children's lives? And then um, this one from Lutz uh, Pizzold who says... What influence do these mothers have on my young daughter who sits next to them in class? Uh, Luandile uh, King Damane says, um, answer to the forum question, yes, there should be a special school for pregnant girls, mixing those who are pregnant with those who aren't, uh, and we think that everything is going to be okay. What are we expecting? Uh, Velaping Gobeni says, uh, this has to be, uh, there has to be a special school with special teachers who are are further trained to support such students. And uh, Victor says, uh, let us not promote teenage pregnancy. If she falls pregnant, let us stay at home and will go to school after giving birth. Mzwandi Lesbu says, no special schools. Uh, people have been going to normal schools pregnant for years. They survived. They are pregnant they are not sick. And uh, then the mating uh, snail says, uh, do not put the blame squarely on parenting because modern industrial machinery exhausts the parents' energy after work. And Kolani Zikade says, a life didn't come out with a manual. We must try to find a solution rather than talking about moral or what what of family. Rather, hashtag solve for X. So let's get back to the panel. Beverly, what do you make of all of this? Well, it's been fascinating. I think the whole conversation about society and role modeling and being acting in the same way that we want our children to act is, is, is really important. And I think one of, the, one of the callers also spoke about options on recreation, which I think is another important thing. Um, opportunities for children and youth to engage in positive recreation rather than necessarily hanging around taverns, drinking, having sex. That's another issue. I think there's so many issues. Another issue that was raised by one of the callers who referenced rural KwaZulu-Natal, poverty. I mean, that's a huge issue. And the the multiple barriers that interact with that to make children vulnerable. So, um, you know, I don't... There have been some... There haven't been many, but there have been some calls which sort of... It's not always about the children's fault. There obviously are girls who gain for pregnant disregard or with disregard for, for, for any sense of their own future. But there are many situations where the girls are not in charge, they're not in control, they're not necessarily their decisions. And 
where maybe as a society we can look at strengthening protective factors around the children, giving them hope, giving them skills for a positive future. And Errol, what's your take? Let me throw in this uh, tweet here from Babazile Gantu, who says, if we don't include two of the most critical factors um, and address economic and spiritual freedom, then I fear there's, we are no nearer to a solution. Yeah, Tsikini, you know what we're discussing here is a symptom of a much larger problem. So we're, trying to, we're grappling with this thing and trying to find solutions. And I don't think special schools is going to be the answer. The answer is how do we stop this uh, uh, increase this, uh, of, of teenage pregnancies of young people uh, sleeping around and getting pregnant. Your previous caller said life doesn't come with an instruction book or a handbook. My answer to that, it does. It's called the Bible. And that's where I get my model instruction from. And that's the way I raised my children to be good, decent model people that uh, contribute to society rather than being a burden on society. And I know that I have to be an example to my children and my grandchildren. I get that instruction from the Bible. Otherwise, I wouldn't know how to live. And that's what we see what's happening in society today. We're trying to grapple with all this situation, but we as a nation are in a moral crisis. I think everybody knows that and is aware of that. Uh, you know, Sakina, you said uh, that the boys, young boys that have sex with, with uh, young girls, make them pregnant and then disappear. What about them? Shouldn't they lay a charge against them? And you're forgetting that our parliament passed a law and our president signed it into, into law that makes it legal for children between the ages of 12 and 16 year old to have sex with each other as long as it's consensual. So between 12 and 16, if, if the girl says, no, it was, I, I consented to it, it wasn't rape, then it's fine. They cannot be co- prosecuted. That's a law that's been passed in our country, which again tells us we're in a moral crisis. I, you know, there's a shopping center that I frequent here in Cape Town, and I see on Friday nights parents dropping their children of young girls of 11, of 12 and 13, with short mini skirts, fishnet stockings, high heels, makeup. Children dropped over there and young boys coming, and then they're having sex. They're having sex and forming it, and securities have been t- telling people about it. They hang out at the shopping centers. But the parents just dropped in there. They don't know what they're doing. They don't care what they're doing, and they dropped in there. Uh, we have prob- uh, situations in our country where teachers in schools are sleeping with their students, with the children, and impregnating them. I remember the report from KwaZulu-Natal that in one year, uh, 17,250 girls got pregnant in the school classroom. 17,000 in one year in one province in this country, and a lot of it was the teachers that were impregnating the girls. So that tells us we have a moral crisis. We have a moral crisis. We have a parent crisis, a family crisis. And that's why it takes everybody. It takes family. It takes um, civil society. It takes government. It takes the church. It takes the media. All of us working together to deal with this crisis. The schools are not going to help. We can have as many special schools, but it still won't stem the tide of, uh, of immorality, of, se- of pregnancies, of rising HIV-AIDS uh, um, infections, and all of these things that's undermining our nation. So I think everybody needs to get together. It starts with the family. If we strengthen and heal the family, we'll alleviate a lot of these problems who disappear because that's where it starts, family life, strengthening it. We know there's a lot of children that do not have parents. 
so their parents have died of HIV AIDS or whatever, any other reason. But then again, the church can step in here. The faith community can step in here and take care of those children. There are solutions, but we're not talking about it. We're not doing it. Most people are obsessed with Parliament and Jacob Zuma and Nkandla, and that's all everybody's talking about, why all of these things are falling apart. So we're in a moral crisis, uh, Sakina, and I think if as a society we all come together and first and foremost recognize and acknowledge the moral crisis we have in this country and begin to talk about solutions around it, this thing is just going to deteriorate and our country is going nowhere fast. Let me read a few more messages. Dr. Larry Enochjoa says, um, it has always been the aunties and the senior sisters. Uh, it has been their responsibility to discuss sexual matters with girls. However, I think that we cannot solve this problem in the African context if we remove um, the patriarchal system. I think we cannot solve this problem in the African context if we remove the patriarchal system. The patriarchal system was essentially a, a a set a thief to catch a thief system so that men had to put limits on where their girls go, uh, who with, and because the men uh, know what they do with others, uh, other people's daughters away from protection. Uh, matriarchy is not a solution. In our day, any girl who got pregnant was forced to go to the man who impregnated her. That's from Larry Joa. few more in Zimbabwe. If you fall pregnant, you are kicked out of school. This would solve the problem immediately. Another one says, I get, I get very exasperated with how people only talk about girls when discussing the issue of teenage pregnancy. Nothing will change until society stops acting like pregnancy is just something that happens to irresponsible girls. We need to educate the boys and hold them responsible as well. Uh, Chani in Durban says, Sakina, our way of of life has been taken from parents and society to government. Uh, family have no rules. Government overrules and allows us to raise our children. Then Sam says, uh, what a wise lucid call from Sam. Specifics are required here. One can't solve a problem without establishing the exact details and then working on those. Pops in Kruenstadt says, uh, why are African girls becoming pregnant as compared to white girls? And Harold Khatla in Polokwane says, all all that needs to be done is the Department of Basic Education, together with the Department of Health, should work together in terms of introducing contraceptives in schools. And these learners fall pregnant due to different reasons. And we cannot ignore uh, that. Uh, we cannot ignore that nor punish them alone. And there was even a suggestion here from someone that uh, contraception should be compulsory. Well, uh, we seem to be getting more and more draconian on these things, and I'm not sure where it's going to end, but the one thing that is sure is that we have a problem. We cannot have in excess of 20,000 school girls pregnant. Um, Something is very, very wrong. But you have this morning responded to our question, should there be special schools for a pregnant pupils and it was an emphatic no. So that much we can conclude. To our guest this morning, uh, Beverly Dyson uh, from MIT Africa and uh, Errol Naidu, a founder and director of the Family Policy Institute. We thank you for your time and thank you also to the production team and uh, to our listeners who participate so fantastically. We'll put up the messages on our website, uh, the ones we could not get to. It's nine o'clock. Time for news with Kumbuzile Tabete.